Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class. Today's Bible class is for our podcast listeners, designed to get us into God's Word every single day for, oh, about 13 minutes. But you know, it's important to be in God's Word because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. Romans 10 and verse 17. Being in God's Word on a daily basis also helps us to have a more positive, more spiritual frame of mind to be able to deal with the day, whatever it throws at us. These days throw a lot at us. But it also helps keep us focused on our relationship with God and on our souls, on eternity and getting ready for that time. You know people in your life, don't you? Probably some within your own family who need to change their perspective on life, who need to change their focus and their direction. They need to think about their souls and their relationship with God. Help them to do that by sharing these short studies with them every day. You can do that through Facebook friends, text messages, maybe other technological means, but make up your mind and start doing that today with everybody you can, your family members, your friends, your work associates, your neighbors, with everybody you can. What a great blessing for somebody to look back and realize my life started to turn around when that person, my friend, my family member started sharing those short studies with me. Here I am, eternally safe in heaven. You know that'll be a great blessing for you too, to help that person. So make up your mind and start sharing today. We're going to get back into our line of thought and study that we began last time asking this question, how can I come to the Lord? How can I come to the Lord? Well, Jesus extended the great invitation in Matthew chapter 11, beginning with verse 28. He said, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is not talking about physical rest. He's not talking about relaxing, taking it easy for a while, taking a nap, getting a good night's sleep. He's talking about spiritual rest. Rest from all that this life throws at us that the devil tries to use to break us down spiritually, to pull us away from God, to challenge our faith and our faithfulness. We need that spiritual rest. Jesus extends that invitation to us as well as to all of humanity to come to him. And the greatest need, the most pressing need for every single person alive in this world today and in every generation is to accept the Lord's invitation to come to him. That need is so pressing because we are all sinners Romans 3 and verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, and the wages of sin is death. Romans 6 and verse 23, and James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Jesus came specifically to lead us to salvation through him. That's the understanding of that identity, Savior. He came as our Savior. He said himself in Luke 19 and verse 10, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And the Apostle Paul wrote in 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15 that Jesus came into this world to save sinners. And then Paul identified himself as being the chief of sinners. Well, could we not 
every single one of us so identify ourselves as the chief of sinners? Again, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all need that Savior. And there is no salvation in anyone else. There is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Acts 4 and verse 12. Only through the gospel of Christ, that message of salvation, that God sent Jesus into this world to communicate to all of humanity, can we come to God for forgiveness and salvation. And that is only through Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And that gospel message of salvation has God's power to salvation for everyone who believes. Romans 1 and verse 16. Now the question we left off with last time is the question of this line of study. How can I come to the Lord? How can I come to him? Jesus offers that invitation. He extends it to me. How can I accept it properly? How can I come to the Lord? Well, if you listen to a whole host of preachers and teachers and people who think they know the answer, you may hear a whole host of different answers. But let's see what the scriptures themselves say. In John chapter 3, beginning with verse 15, Jesus said that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, does that mean that everybody in the world and every generation is saved? Obviously not. Jesus said in Matthew chapter, uh, chapter uh, 7, in verses 13 and 14, that most people are on the wrong road spiritually. Those who are on the road that leads to life, eternal life in heaven, those are few, he said. But the ones traveling down that broad road that leads to eternal condemnation destruction. He says that's a road traveled by many. And we get the impression from the distinction in the two different words, few and many, that the vast majority are traveling in the wrong direction and they're lost in sin. And if they do not find the way, and that's not something that's hidden from them, it's right there in God's word. They have to come to God through Jesus Christ and join the few who are on the right path and are looking forward to their home in heaven. Most of those on the broad road, again, the indication would seem to be they're not going to be in heaven. They're going to end up in eternal condemnation, destruction. Well, Jesus, again, he came as the Savior. He issues, extends that great invitation but we must believe in him. Now, a lot of people, they want to teach you that all you have to do is believe in Jesus. Intellectually agree. Something that they call letting him into your heart or asking him into your heart. Uh, show me where 
that particular statement is made in the scriptures. But you see, truly believing in Jesus includes obeying Jesus, obeying his teachings. In that same third chapter of John, verse 36, he who believes in the Son has everlasting life, and he who does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. Oh, you see, true belief, true faith in Jesus includes obedience to Jesus and his teachings. The Hebrews writer put it this way in Hebrews chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, speaking of Jesus, though he were a son, yet he learned obedience through the things which he suffered. And having been perfected, he became the author or source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. A lot of people want to remove the obedience factor within true faith, saving faith. But you cannot remove the obedience and still have saving faith. Saving faith includes obedience. Believing, believing in Jesus, believing on, in him as the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, our Savior, well, that's essential to our salvation. In Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse 30, Paul was addressing a group of what we would probably consider to be the intellectuals of their day. In Athens, a center of intellectual thinking and learning and teaching. In verse 30 of Acts chapter 16, Paul wrote, he brought, or he said, he brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting this uh, ahead of myself here. Let me go back to chapter 17, chapter 17 and verses 30 and 31. Paul said, truly, here he is in Athens again. He's got a an audience of intellectuals there, intellectual thinkers, always talking about some new thing that's come on the horizon. And so he says, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands, now commands all men everywhere to repent, because he has appointed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man whom he has ordained he has given assurance of this to all by raising him from the dead. We must believe in Jesus and repent of our sins. That means turn it around. In Acts chapter 16, beginning with verse 30, Paul has been a prisoner in Philippi, the city of Philippi. Something has happened. He and Silas, his co-worker, they have been in the stocks, it would seem. They have been praising, uh, praying and singing praises to God during the night. An earthquake takes place. They're released from their bonds. All the other prisoners are released from their bonds. The gates of the jail are open, but now no one escapes. The jailer comes rushing in. He had been asleep on the job, or maybe that was something that was normal if, once he saw that ever, all the cells were secure. He comes rushing in, seeing everything opened up. He draws his sword and is about to commit suicide because under Roman law, he would have to pay the penalty for every 
escaped prisoner under his watch. But Paul stops him, says, don't do yourself any harm. Everybody is still here. In verse 30, the jailer brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do? What must I do? What must I do to be saved? So they said, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. You see, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ is absolutely essential to our salvation. There's no hope except through Jesus. And in order to secure that hope, we must believe on him as our Savior so that we can come to God through him. Now remember, though, those other verses of Scripture that we have read that teach us that true belief, true saving faith, part of that is obedience to his teachings. Without obedience, we don't have saving faith. Remember, Jesus learned obedience through the things which he suffered, and he became the source of eternal salvation to all who obey him. Hebrews 5, verses 8 and 9. Are you ready to come to Jesus? We'll study more about how can I come to the Lord next time. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for giving us the opportunity and the way to be forgiven and saved through your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Help us to learn and then help us to humble ourselves so that we will come to you in obedience through him. Please forgive us, gracious Father. We pray in Jesus' name, amen.